Hi, this is Amrita Sukumar and I am bringing to you this podcast called Unsettling. Look around you. Everyone is trying to create their own story. Make a tiny change in someone's life by just following their passion and in turn inspiring the others to follow suit. This podcast brings to you stories of people who have defied the definition of settled set by the society and have created their own. They have found happiness in their version of settled. We all dream of going back to the lush greenery of the villages and work from there. But how many of us actually do it? Today's guest and unsettler left her corporate job and moved to Manipur to work as a social media and content editor with an NGO, Sunbird Trust. And to know what she did there and the kind of impact that it had on her life, let me welcome Rucha Deshpande. Hi, Rucha. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited to have you here as well. So now you're uh, back in the city for a break. And usually for it, for us, it is the other way around, right? We go to the villages for a break. So how does it feel to be back? <laughs> um i it still hasn't sunk in i always feel like i'm here just for a little while and i have to go back home um so i i don't know it just it it still hasn't sunk in that i've come here for i don't know how long so okay yeah that's how it feels it's, yeah when we feel the same when we go to a vacation spot but then okay <laughs> so uh, <laughs> So Rucha when when did you decide to join Sunbird Trust and like what was the thought process how did you come to know of this NGO Uh so I was working with Amazon for about 3 years a few years ago and um I was frustrated I okay. really didn't like the corporate life at all so even when I was moving out of Pune uh to go to Bangalore to work with Amazon the motivating factor was to move out of home Hmm. but i always thought i will work there just for a year because i knew i always knew that the corporate life was not for me but that one year became 3 years i don't know how because of course i got used to living by myself i got used to the independence the money coming in etc so after that it was just really hard to um quit that life yeah. uh but i got super super frustrated mm-hmm and um a friend of mine was working with sunbird trust and i used to see her posts and stories on instagram and facebook and i just randomly decided to text her ki hey um mm-hmm. i really want to work here she said are you serious i said yes i'm serious <laughs> she said okay luckily uh-huh. the ceo is from bangalore you can go meet okay. him mm-hmm. so um i met him and uh, he said he spoke to me it was a very um, very fun conversation i didn't know he was interviewing me but it was a conversation <laughs> where he asked me um uh, all sorts of fun questions it was nothing academics related and mm-hmm. later he said you know what rucha on a normal day um we are looking for people just like you but mm-hmm. i'm so sorry we don't have funds right now so we can't hire you and oh. i was very heartbroken okay <laughs> so <laughs> i went back to work the next day um and in a couple of days i heard back from them saying hey good news we have an opening would you like to join i said of course i would like to join <laughs> um by that time i had already quit my job 
uh, I didn't okay. have any plans of what I was going to do, but I just knew that I didn't want to do what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had quit my job. I said, this is perfect because um, I'm already in my notice period and mm-hmm. um, I can join when I'm done. So he said, okay, cool. You come to Manipur for a bit, see how okay. things are there. Mm-hmm. And if you still feel like you want to do this, uh, we can take this ahead. So okay. yeah, I quit my job. Uh, a few days after I moved out of Bangalore, I, I came to Pune for, mm-hmm. for like a month or so. So a couple of days uh, after I shifted from Bangalore, I went to Manipur immediately. As soon mm-hmm. as I set foot in that beautiful land, I knew this was it. <laughs> there was no coming back. So that's how it happened. And then I came back after 15 days, called him saying, I am coming <laughs> soon. So whenever you need me, I'll be there. So yeah, within a couple of months, I moved to Manipur. Oh, when was that? When did you move to Manipur? 2019. Okay. So it's been almost like it's the second year now. Yeah, it's been... It's been almost two years. Yeah. First time I went to Manipur was a little over two years ago. Okay. Yeah. So that's how it happened. Wow, man. I mean, it's... You didn't want to do something. You didn't have the plans and then it everything worked out. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that has always been how I have uh, tried to live my life. I don't really have um, anything planned. I always mm-hmm. go with the flow and I always, things always work out. So I have faith that, so that's how I could quit my job without anything in hand. Uh, yeah. I quit Amazon without having a plan because I knew mm-hmm. something or the other would work out. Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, uh, my belief <laughs> helped me. So you live me, from day to day. Uh, not and, panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is so important, right? I mean, usually... Assuming I would have been in your position, I would have been thinking about my next plan. Oh, if this is not there, then what Mm. next? And I would be completely Mm. worried as to what if this doesn't work out, then what do I do next? And because I I have, I can't sit idle. Um, I need Mm. to know what what is going to happen tomorrow. Otherwise, I will just sit in one corner and do some kind of painting (laughs) for months together. (laughs) So Mm. I'm so Mm. glad that you have that faith and you live from one day to the next and you have that excitement and you know that this is is going to work out fine for you. I hope I get there soon too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess, I guess we just have to stop controlling things because I think most of us do that a lot. I was also there for the longest time. Uh, Of course, I'm still there in a lot of ways, (laughs) but as soon as I let go and let things take charge of themselves and let things just happen, mm-hmm. magic happens always. Oh. Like you don't have to do much. So, yeah. I'm also going to do that from today. You have inspired me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rucha, what kind of work do you do there? You were working with the Naga tribe and uh, what kind of work do you do there? Yeah, so um, I was living with an Inpui Naga tribe. So mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's a tribal community, and I I lived in a dense evergreen forest on the top of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like living in a dream. It was super super beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because our NGO is just six years old now, mm-hmm. uh, we have. 
uh, we have to basically even though my job was a so as a social media content editor media music i was handling but because i enjoy small we basically have everybody has to do everything right so i was teaching in the school that we're supporting mm-hmm. i was doing music and dance with the children i was going around manipur and the northeast in general collecting stories uh, writing about them handling mm-hmm. sunbird social media handling handling sunbird's website communications uh, so with sunbird one amazing thing is you mm-hmm. get to choose what you want to do so uh, like a rough outline was i i knew that i had to do social media communications etc but music is something i took up all by myself so what i did was i went around manipur um to different communities lived with different communities and mm-hmm. engaged with the children there and made uh, cover music videos so the children they are super musically talented their vocal mm-hmm. cords are trained since they are kids because they sing really? a lot in the church mm-hmm. so um so i i realized that okay these guys really need to be heard yeah. and there's so much talent in them so mm-hmm. i decided to record just impromptu record a song uh, with my school children first mm-hmm. and it just received so much love and i recorded it on my i i told you i have a small small recording setup at yeah, home yeah, yeah. so yeah. i just have one mic one sound card so and there were eight girls who i recorded so i had to record them individually, individually. it was yeah. a lot of it was a lot <laughs> of effort we did a lot of we did the music by ourselves and it was just um it was beautiful i'll send you the link yeah, um please do and uh the video also was taken on a phone camera it was that basic but mm-hmm. that video received so much love the song was dil beparwa i don't know if you've heard it um it's yeah. by ankur tiwari and prateek kohad and uh-huh. ankur tiwari himself he shared it he commented on our oh. video uh, prateek kohad really uh, prateek kohad also appreciated it personal messaged us and things like that um so it was really encouraging which is after that then i planned to go to other locations and do similar videos but mm-hmm. covid happened so unfortunately <laughs> only two more videos could be done because okay. i couldn't travel uh-huh. uh but yeah it was it was really really nice and uh because of that one video um fortados you know fortados the music company yes i do yes i do uh-huh yeah they came to visit us Wow. uh in ijairong which is my village and they gifted us an entire music academy oh. so that is <laughs> that was insane so um th- we were already in talks with them uh-huh. but this was sort of the final nail in the coffin <laughs> and they saw how talented the kids were and they decided to gift us the academy so it has over 80 instruments it has um i think 17 guitars 15 ukuleles wow. uh the octave no sorry seven octave piano uh-huh. electric drum set we have lots of things from them wow. so very very grateful that's so yeah, amazing that's what, <laughs> yeah it was insane so i got to do um everything that i wanted to do but mostly uh-huh. my title was media and music coordinator so that's what mm-hmm. i was doing okay oh i i love the song dil pe parwa i discovered it last year 
and it mm. has been on loop since <laughs> and i have to listen mm. to this version for sure please do so how did you create music if you did not have any instruments uh no no before the music academy came to be we mm-hmm. still had a guitar and uh, we had a few instruments here and there and cm uh, my okay. school music teacher is uh-huh. insanely talented okay. uh, so he he made the music he played the guitars he played the keys he okay. set he uh, set the whole thing up wow okay i have to listen to the song now i mean i i will after we finish the interview <laughs> i feel like i'm doing yeah, it right now but then, but then i will wait <laughs> i will wait for <laughs> my turn yes please do so what kind of music are you trained in uh i am trained in hindustani classical music um i started singing at the age of 5 oh and i I trained I got trained for about 17 18 years after which I gave uh-huh. it up um I am not very proud to say Why? it on air but uh <laughs> <laughs> no because masters I was doing my masters and that was very extensive and um I was doing my masters in German literature and oh, um, wow uh, that was very intensive so that took up a lot of my time and i just okay. couldn't after which i moved to bangalore so it has just been on a pause since then but then i decided to take it up again with my children in manipur so yeah so at least now i'm in touch with music Literature, because of yes. <laughs> you are so multi talented okay i mean i would not have expected you to do a masters in german literature which is another level i have learned german for a while okay but only a1 and you've you've done masters in that language it is so difficult <laughs> <laughs> so um i am i love languages in general um and mm-hmm. um it's it, some it the way i took up german was also very funny i was standing in the line mm-hmm. I, when i was um i i did my bachelor's from symbiosis no not bachelor uh, yeah mm-hmm. 11 12th and bachelor so for the 11th uh, admission i was standing in the line and mm-hmm. the guy in front of me said mm-hmm. that hey you have to choose a foreign language that's french and german so decide mm-hmm. and i was standing with my mom and she asked me oh so you have to choose a foreign language which one would you take and i said uh i've heard german is similar to sanskrit and i'd done sanskrit and loved mm-hmm. sanskrit so i said okay let's yeah. just see what it is about and that's how i took it up so there was mm-hmm. no thought process behind it and uh, i took <laughs> up german and i fell in love with it and i said okay this is something i really have to study further and i did mm. and it was amazing like i did my german from max muller i did all my levels mm-hmm. till c2 and okay. uh, mm-hmm. after that i did my masters then i did uh, i was with amazon as a german translator itself which is where i sort of lost okay. interest in german <laughs> because amazon <laughs> made me <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> But no, I as a language I still love it. And uh yeah, languages in general okay. are sort of my thing, I think. <laughs> okay. I uh I studied English literature, just trivia that I want to throw and plug in. Hey, uh, what, so what? I'm also I love languages. I studied English literature. I yeah. just go, I just finished my exams. Mm. So I'm also crazy about languages but mostly English. English is something that I have been studying since childhood and I've been crazy about reading books mm. and understanding new things about the language so that's that's something that I do. 
You did your masters from Germany or no, no, no. I did it from Pune University. What from where? Pune University. Yeah. There's there's a masters in German. Oh my God! It's an insane course. It's the best uh piece of studies that I've studied. It's insane. I had the best professors. I had the best syllabus. It was just so good. Wow! I had absolutely no idea. Yeah, I'm. I did not know that. I thought you had to leave the country to learn masters in German literature. Oh no! Like I okay. This is this is something that I will have to see. I will research about it. I'll add the links also in the description for people who are listening. Yeah, if they are interested in learning the language. Yeah, it, it's insane. It's it's really 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 well put together. And my professors were some of the best people I've ever met in my whole life. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> if i ever plan to i don't know i mean i've i've already studied too much i don't know whether i want to do a <laughs> masters in german literature as well but then um, if somebody wants to yeah. know i will research about it i will add the link oh definitely and make sure that they find it yeah so um well rucha moving on to the next question what were the issues that were faced by you like uh, how did you adapt to the cultural differences that were there um i guess what helped me was uh, going there with zero expectations um mm-hmm. so fortunately my friend at the location that she was at in manipur i happened to be in the same location so i sort of saw what um, what it was about and i read her blogs and yeah. i read about the issues so um i was because i didn't go without expectations i was sort of well prepared for everything you know what i mean right. yeah yeah so you know that you can always you can always find a solution to any problem because you are open minded mm, yeah i i guess yeah i guess you can put it like okay. that um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah so the issue is so they i uh, i don't even know where to okay. start um okay so there were a lot of Uh, things that you had to face as a culture what about the food i mean basically i think the cuisine would be different the place you stayed would be different um the language there would be of course a barrier hmm so how did you manage all that okay so food as far as food so when i went mm-hmm. there i was vegan uh and okay. uh, which which was a little hard uh because <laughs> they usually consume quite a lot of meat uh they consume a lot okay. of fish fermented fish and mm-hmm. things like that so mm-hmm. um whenever i went out to somebody's house i had to explicitly tell them that i am a vegetarian i do not eat fish i do not eat eggs mm-hmm. i do not eat anything um mm-hmm. but at home it was okay because we had someone who used to come and cook for us and uh, people who were staying in that house were maharashtrians and they had taught a mm. naga girl how to make poha and upma and khichdi and everything oh, so so, <laughs> so it was insane <laughs> so i didn't have to worry too much about food at home uh, but when uh-huh. i went for weddings and uh, to somebody's house and it was used to be a little uh, difficult but i think later they also got a hang of it ki okay miss is a vegetarian which means she doesn't eat this mm. this also after a point mm. because um i didn't have a choice i turned uh, vegetarian and i also started eating eggs um okay. i mean dairy is anyway not consumed there so veganism was not very difficult but um when you don't get mm-hmm. ghee and you see ghee when you don't see ghee for months <laughs> and you see ghee then 
it's hard <laughs> not to have it um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah then i turned vegetarian and i started eating eggs then it was slightly easy then they also used mm-hmm. to feel um, a little better to invite me home for meals because then they could at least <laughs> give me boiled eggs otherwise they used to have to give me boiled leaves which was a little hard for them to really? digest ki oh miss rucha is not eating anything and i used to tell them ki listen i really love this food i genuinely like their food you know it's just boiled uh-huh. leaves with salt and okay. it just seems so healthy and i like i just genuinely genuinely like that food and i used to tell okay. them i really like this i really like this and i really like dal so don't worry about it but they used to feel like shit should know um you you're not eating anything uh, so it was more of a cultural shock for both the parties they thought i was starving yeah. myself and i was thinking listen this is a lot of food and this is amazing so there was sort of that gap but it wasn't right. too hard initially maybe a little mm-hmm. but not too hard mm-hmm. about the language these guys were um they know english quite quite okay. well uh, of mm-hmm. course it's a little broken here and there but it's very mm-hmm. understandable so language okay. was not too much of a problem and like i said i like languages so i also learned their language and um well, a little bit of course a little bit not too much <laughs> but uh, yeah so language was that we had some real <laughs> problems like no auto um oh. and yeah so these months jan feb march these are the months where <laughs> we don't get we don't have water at all actually feb march april something like that till it starts raining again okay and uh, then mm-hmm. there are a few ponds in the village that we have to go fetch mm-hmm. water from um mm-hmm. and it's hard i mean um there have been times where we haven't had water to drink and whatever water is in the kettle is like just freshly boiled water it's super hot so you can't drink it and then you just have to sort of gulp down your saliva and quench your thirst because there's no water so um we've had we faced some really hard times uh but um these guys that the villagers mm-hmm. or tribals have accept everything with a huge smile on their face um mm-hmm. which makes it so much easier to deal with i think i mean Yeah. they also have the same problems and the way they deal with it just i think gives people strength to believe that hey this is okay if they can do it we can mm-hmm. do it so that's true my god no water is can't even imagine that too in the summer seasons right yeah. it's much more difficult without any water yeah also uh, in the summers the end ka water used to be left um guy as mm. you call it in marathi right. and mm-hmm. uh, that used to be brown and all and that's the, that's all the water we had that's all the water um, we had for oh everything which also means for drinking so we boiled it uh-huh. filtered it with a cloth and whatever yeah we had to drink that but yeah oh my god no but uh, so water is one big issue that is faced by the villagers there what are the other issues and um like are people coming in and putting an end to it like finding solutions for the problem uh we have we are trying to do that a little bit mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so of course we are also an ngo so trying to yes get people uh, more aware about the problem so we can 
probably invest in rainwater harvesting things like that mm-hmm. so that's what mm-hmm. we've been trying to do also we're on the top okay. of a hill so it's a little hard mm-hmm. like all the water flows down oh my god yeah <laughs> so and it doesn't even percolate so that's a problem yeah yeah so yeah we're seeing what could be done let's see mm-hmm. what okay. happens yeah so are there any other issues that are faced by them and is like have you been tackling those as well apart from drinking water mm i think uh, financially uh, these guys suffer quite a bit there are quite a few families that earn no money at all mm-hmm. um and they are self sustained they do everything by themselves they have fields that they partially hunter gatherers still so they go out in the mm-hmm. jungle hunt um bring a bird or two or a snake or whatever okay. and that's the meal for the family um mm-hmm. and they weave their own cloth so oh. um they're self sustained but mm-hmm. um financially yes it's a big problem so now we're trying to engage with the community uh help them find right. sources of income uh uh-huh. create opportunities empower the youth things like that but also uh-huh. engaged in uh, activities like that so for example recently we uh started a roselle tea project do you know the roselle tea have you heard of it no this i have not heard of no okay so roselle is a, a wild variant of the hibiscus flower and you okay. find it in abundance in one of our villages and we saw that uh these villagers were using it in their food to give it <laughs> a sour taste and things like that so okay. we just we we thought ki it was just growing in the wild like that let's see what can be done <laughs> and after research we understood that it's an exotic tea <laughs> that is found <laughs> all over the world and it's expensive okay. it's very expensive so mm-hmm. uh what we're trying to do now is we're trying to get farmers engaged in this activity um so mm-hmm. that they produce more roselle so we're selling it right now you you should totally mm-hmm. get yourself a pack if um if you're interested um okay it's called sunbird trust roselle tea it's on our social media pages and this okay. directly empowers tribal women farmers which directly mm-hmm. empowers their children and their education so oh. that's we're trying to fund uh, not fund we're mm-hmm. trying to help them find ways to fund their children's education so these mm-hmm. are some a few things that we've been doing this is just one but there's a few others also so that's what we've been doing oh rosel tea is something that i've not heard one i'm not a tea person i'm not a coffee person either but okay. i know a few tea people <laughs> okay you should totally so send them just... Thanks. I will yes I will do that. That's that yeah. will be a nice gift as well so I can do yeah. that. I'll do that yeah. to people. <laughs> yeah, it's a very meaningful gift which directly impacts a woman farmer in a remote village in Manipur. So I think it also has a beautiful story and um yes. a small act of yours could actually make a huge difference to somebody there. So yeah. Agreed. Also it's not very expensive. Yeah, I just googled Roselle tea, which I did not know about. Like, I did oh, not okay. know people put hibiscus in teas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, what is happening to teas now? <laughs> it's it's uh, so when you brew the flower, it gives a yeah. beautiful pink, deep pink color. 
and it's just really mm-hmm. pretty as a tea <laughs> okay yeah. i i will also try it and i will gift it to people definitely um, this is definitely done one of my agendas now <laughs> <laughs> so um rocha what did you feel was the difference between an urban life and a life in a village as your personal experience um i one thing that stood out to me was uh, as a city people have forgotten to appreciate the smallest things in life and there mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. learned to reappreciate them and right because it happened to me personally i can mm-hmm. see it now in people how i mean we um we are because we don't have the most big problems like lack of water lack of food lack of money we try mm-hmm. and find problems for ourselves which are not even important like okay this person said something <laughs> to me i'm angry yeah. things like that okay mm-hmm. these my villagers mm-hmm. don't have time for that my villagers don't have time <laughs> for gossip because they have real problems to deal with I'm actually writing yeah. a blog about that right now so it's quite fresh mm-hmm. in my mind but yeah so <laughs> I feel like when you have bigger things to worry about the smaller things sort of vanish and I think we right hmm. now are quite uh, trapped in these small things and we need to really look up and take a step back and look at the bigger picture it'll make I life agree. so much I easier I couldn't agree more yeah <laughs> I couldn't agree more because even I feel that um I mean there are a lot of things right if you go and converse with people I'm I'm I don't know the scene in a village but then usually if you go and talk to people here you will find them um I I for a lack of a better word cribbing about a lot of things rather than finding a solution for it mm. and when you I mean as you said when you look at the bigger picture in the bigger picture that that point doesn't matter yeah and i i make it a point to tell people that you know uh when people and people come to me and crib about their problem i just ask them is it helping you in any way talking about it mm. like you're just talking about it and there are no solutions for it mm. so why don't we find a solution first let's brainstorm let's find a solution for it and if there is mm. no solution let's just move on from the problem I know it's easier said than done. I understand that you know every p- person has a de- different problem. But mm. then if you can't manage it and if you can't think about it and there is no solution there's no point in cribbing there's no point in just talking about it over and over and over again. It's like you know um I'm I know this in Marathi so when you get a wound there is there's a brown covering that is formed a kapli yete. Mm. And if you scratch that at all times you're mm. just going to bleed. Yeah. It's just going to bleed. It's not going to heal. So stop yeah. scratching at the wound and just allow <laughs> it to heal and move on. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. that's hope. Hopefully that happens soon. Yeah, I think these things. I think um, everybody needs to experience something bigger to know that the smaller things don't matter. Yes, yes, that's true. I um I personally feel, and this is something that I. I felt after reading a book this is unrelated to um the village and what we're mm. talking about right now but mm. then I read this book called Theory of Everything by Stephen Hawking mm. and in that in very simple words he has explained about the cosmos and about black hole and whatever study mm. he has done so far it's a 140 page book mm. and when you read that book is when you realize that whatever we are talking about 
on earth doesn't matter if an asteroid comes and hits the earth <laughs> like oh it doesn't God, matter yeah. yeah it doesn't matter whatever fights arguments we are having it will not matter if an asteroid comes tomorrow and hits the earth so it's yeah. very important to uh, go beyond all this and be go back to being curious go back mm-hmm. to asking questions understanding what is the problem finding solutions asking the right questions rather Mm. and uh, that's a very recent discovery so mm. i'm glad that you experienced your own version of you know asking the right questions and looking at the bigger picture yeah um i think this is it was also a little difficult this realization because mm-hmm. um a lot i mean um everybody around me was from the city mm-hmm. so um it was difficult it got difficult for me to have conversations with people because um they couldn't relate to me i couldn't relate to them mm-hmm. and right. and it got slightly harder because we were on completely different pages and in different completely different phases of life uh mm. but i guess now that i come back i see i see what they meant like i understand that okay this is a life that even i lived for so many years for 20 whatever mm. five years of my life and this is how it is in the cities but it has actually so i i have become way more aware of things since i went there mm-hmm. the smaller things the bigger things the um mm-hmm. i don't know the severity of things the intensity or the not so intensity of things everything <laughs> so that has really helped me look that at really life changed, you know yeah. yeah it has it has So um is there any one change or one learning that you took away from all this experience? Do you remember a particular incident that completely changed the way you look at life? You know when you look at something huge you I don't know if you've ever felt this but this is something very common um when you mm-hmm. look at something huge you start feeling very small. Mhm. So here in my village there was a ground where i used to mm-hmm. go and sit uh, every once in a while and mm-hmm. in front of me were huge mountains and the sun setting mm-hmm. and when the sun set i look up and there's like gazillion stars um and there was nothing around me nobody else just darkness and stars and the mountains and of course no electricity so it was really really dark um so i started that's where i started uh, feeling that okay all the things that i've made up in my mind so far in 28 years or whatever um hmm. are nothing when i look at these i mean i feel very small and my problems seem hmm. small and it started <laughs> i started questioning everything that i have wasted one year thinking about this one thing or i've wasted five years thinking about feeling this one thing but is it really that important or like i'm so small in front of all of this and if <laughs> i am so small my problem will be even smaller and i think yeah. um i realized that i i think i took myself and it took life way too seriously and that helped me sort of stop uh, st- that helped me to stop trying to control things uh, in a lot of right. ways 
um i mm-hmm. still am a little controlling when it comes to a few things but in a lot of ways i have learned to let go uh yeah like i feel small now and in a very very <laughs> humble way like in a very beautiful way i feel small i I'm, i don't think i'm being able to explain it well but i hope you know I, what i mean i get it yeah i get it i mean um okay i don't know I, this this usually happens to me when i go to a beach side i mean mm-hmm. you you saw the mountains when i go to the beach and i see the waves that is when i mm. have a similar feeling that mm. you know uh, we are nothing in comparison to nature we are nothing in comparison to the beauty around us and we don't have the time or we um there is a poem right that we had in school it's like um, there's no time for leisure there's no time to stop and stare okay the poem is called leisure and okay. then it's basically about people who are running around trying to find what they want in life mm-hmm. and um, the poet is just trying to observe that you know everybody's running around but there's nobody who has the time to just stand still and look around and see mm-hmm. what is there around mm-hmm. just observe and i'm glad that you got a chance to do that and it has changed you in such a big way it has it really sure. really gave me a chance to slow down to pause <laughs> and to really evaluate what is really important what's not and i think like i said no i used to take life and myself mm-hmm. way too seriously and now i realize that right. okay i'm nothing <laughs> relax <laughs> and it is translating in the way you speak as well you sound very calm and you know meditative while i sound very peppy <laughs> so no. i get it <laughs> no i am exactly like that i guess just today is just not my high on energy let's say uh okay i thought you were just being so meditative and pensive but okay <laughs> you should have left it at that you know it would have come <laughs> off so nice and <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe you can cut out my part then then i will be meditative oh no i'm i'm just going to keep i'm just going to keep this let everybody know <laughs> <laughs> no but i have oh, uh, i do observe this in myself uh, i also started mm-hmm. uh, practicing mindfulness and i started meditating quite a bit when i was there um so mm-hmm. maybe you are right um i used to be a re- an extremely chirpy person who people who my friends um got annoyed with all the time because i was like used to be like just stop talking enough enough <laughs> calm down and now i realize that i'm much much quieter i don't find the need to talk all the time and i don't mm-hmm. find the need for noise of any kind um mm. so yeah i guess i have become a quieter person i don't know about calm but quieter for sure <laughs> okay um well we are going to believe the second part not the first one <laughs> and we're going to move on to the next question and this is the final one i just want to i ask this to everybody on the podcast because this is what it's called unsettling because right. everybody around you asks you to settle down do certain oh things by the time get married Mm. yeah so unsettling is an attempt to ask people what settling means to them rather than getting validation from the society mm. so i want to ask you what does being settled mean to you so whenever i've heard that word now i've always thought mm-hmm. of the phrase 
settling for something mm-hmm. which is something that i probably never wanted to do i never want to settle for anything and mm-hmm. which is why i could never relate to the word at all so um <laughs> i even now my family keeps asking me so when are you going to settle and right. i find myself questioning it all the time that what do you mean by settle mm-hmm. like do you mean i have to settle for something do you mean i have to settle yeah. for a life that you have set for me or the society has set for me that mm-hmm. like i don't know and um i read this phrase <laughs> recently stop shrinking yourself to places that you've outgrown and i feel that a lot that so maybe when i was uh, 19 20 i probably thought that okay i'm going to be 24 and married and settled <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now that i'm 28 and i think i know better i just know that mm-hmm. um, i don't like that word and i can't relate to it and um if if it helps i think i'm pretty mm-hmm. settled right now and not being settled like i'm quite content with uh, where i am and content okay. with not being settled is what where i'm i, I don't yeah i don't know yeah so you're kind of content with being unsettled and being unsettled on my podcast <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> when you put it as settling for of course it means compromise it means to do things that you might not be so comfortable with just to fit in a certain box as you said yeah but being unsettled gives you the option to do things that you want as long as you're happy and content with it no like i don't want to demean it at all a lot of people find solace and peace in having a routine no that, exactly having... exactly yeah i that don't want to demean it at all i ask people what does Yeah yeah that is why i ask people what does settling mean to you if it means to get married and have children that's that's your settled it's fine that's fine but that is your choice it is not because yeah. somebody asked you to do it yeah. it's your choice like i have a friend who wanted to get married since she was 20 and she got married she's got a kid now she's taking care of the house and mm-hmm. she has a job and she's happy with what she's doing yeah exactly that's that's important as long as you are happy you should not just get married because 10 people were telling ki beta umar ho gayi hai chat kar rahe ho tum log padhai kyun nahi kar rahe job it's annoying as long yeah. as you are happy it's all's well that's yeah. what is the message yeah <laughs> so you are unsettled and uh, we are happy with it even the audience is happy with it and honestly i am i'm so glad that we had this conversation and i could hear about your experiences in manipur about the lush green forests about the open uh, ground and the mountains and the stars and <laughs> just going and creating music the visuals are really beautiful that you put, that you've put in my head that i want to go for a vacation now <laughs> so <laughs> i will be maybe doing that soon but thank you so much for sharing your experience i hope that people stay unsettled do things that they love and um, don't settle for anything that they are not happy with so thank yeah. you rocha thank you for doing this i hope so too i really hope so too like i <laughs> i hope everybody is just happy with whatever they're doing if it's settled unsettled yes. whatever it means to anybody done we will do that so uh rocha are there any links that you would want me to add in the description um about sunbird trust or about your work 
Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. I would like, I will send you a couple. I would like to go through our social media pages. I would okay. like you to go through the videos that we made. Um, Done. Yeah. And maybe I can also send in a couple of blogs that I wrote about Sunbird. Okay. Done, done, done. Send them across to me and I will add all the links in the description. So whoever has heard this episode and wants to get in touch with Rocha or Sunbird or wants to contribute by uh, drinking the hibiscus tree. What was it called again? Rochelle? Roselle. 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 I I just, I made it a little French. It's Roselle. (laughs) (laughs) So please, please go and buy from the Sunbird Trust so that, you know, you can help somebody there. Yeah. In a small way, in whatever way you can, if you are a tea lover. So I will be adding all the links. Thank you so much, Rocha. Thank you for doing this with me. Thank you, Amita. It was so, so, so nice to talk to you. And uh, I hope we can do a lot of more talking offline as well. So Yes, yes, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Hi, if you can hear this, that means you have reached the end of the episode. So like, share, subscribe, follow, stay tuned to Unsettling. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can always reach out to me on my Instagram page, amritasukumar underscore unsettling, or send me an email on podcast.unsettling.as at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. Bye.